and welcome to Bionic Chronicles podcast. My name is Kenzie Paul and today I'm hosting Lily Quaid and we're going to be talking about the perception of disability. Okay, well, <laughs> what's up guys? My name is Lily Quaid and I'm a senior in a small town in Iowa and I am best pals with Kenzie Paul here. Yeah, we met on Twitter like over over a year ago. How long I, do you think, I think it's it was been? like over two years because I remember I followed like Nubability and they posted about um, your Kenzie's helping hands and I was like oh my gosh like we're the same person like blonde hair same age same arm it's it was crazy <laughs> so I was like oh my gosh I gotta hit her up and so we just started talking from there yeah and speaking of which like that we look like um, whenever we met up at Lucky Finn Project the first time this past summer. Everybody was like, well, not everybody, but a couple of people were like, oh, my gosh, are you guys twins? And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> we make the joke that we were like, what's the word? Oh. Conjoined. Conjoined. Yeah, we made the joke that we were conjoined <laughs> twins and we were just separated by the arm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was awesome. I know, that was pretty So cool. how do you describe yourself? I think that's the first question. Do you say limb different or... Like, what do you say? Yeah, you know, I would say I describe myself as basically limb different. I don't really like to use the word disabled just because I find the word disabled as, like, the inability to do some things. But I have never really ran into, like, an account where I couldn't do something even though I was trying. And so I really, it is a disability, but I do like to see myself as, like, limb different. It's not, like, me as a whole. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. And I think that's how I view myself. And I think people in this area, now that I've started talking about using the word limb difference, I think people use that more often than anything else. Um, Some people have said like deformed and stuff. And I, I don't like that. I think that that's demeaning and has a bad connotation to it. I don't yeah. like that. I think deformed kind of has a negative um, thought process behind that I think that actually what we have is kind of kick-ass and I think um, it's a pretty cool opportunity to help others with limb differences as well as ourselves and kind of spreading um, just the norms of being a differently abled and looking person like in our own communities yeah I agree so I remember one time we talked about the difference between like disabled term and the differently abled term so do you prefer differently abled than disabled yes I think everyone with like disability in quotation marks <laughs> um has I don't know I think disability kind of labels you as like you are unable no matter what to do this and I mean it's yes it's a technical term and yes we technically have like a disability on paper but I think we're differently abled as where like some people can do monkey bars and we probably do them differently or some people can tie their shoes and we do them differently so we're differently abled it's not a disable <laughs> yeah if that makes sense yeah completely and there's so many other terms I wrote down of like what people can refer to so like one different um, and then there's the disability aspect and then differently abled amputee and then also amniotic band syndrome which is like the technical medical term for how um, our arms 
or why our arms look like they do. Right. So that means the amniotic bands in the womb kind of trapped the growth of our arms. And so that's what happened. It wasn't genetic or anything. A lot of people think it was genetic or like a shark attack. And it wasn't either of those. So, <laughs> yeah. Whenever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, continue. Whenever like a little kid asks me like, oh, what happened to your arm? It's always so much more boring to say, oh, I was born like this. And like, oh, yeah, I was like in a jungle and a tiger bit it off. Or, oh, yeah, I was shark diving or cage diving and a shark bit it off. Like, it's so much more fun to say those stories. (laughs) Totally. And I used to, a lot of my good friends from elementary school that I'm still friends with, they'll bring that up in like first grade. I would always tell everybody that my arm got bitten off by a shark because it really irritated me back then when everybody would ask. And so, you know, I just give it a whirl and see what people thought. And of course, like as a first grader, you're probably just so shocked by that. And I had some really funny reactions and it's cool that people remember me saying that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so like Lily mentioned, the definition of disability is a physical or mental condition that limits a person's movements, senses, or activities. And so what's weird about having the limb difference that we have is that Okay, I guess in a broader sense, disability is just such a broad term, and it's a complete spectrum. And so we obviously don't have the same problems that somebody in a wheelchair has. And it's weird that it's used like we're under the same umbrella. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, Yeah, for sure. And I guess where I'm going with that is that us and people with wheelchairs are both protected under Americans with Disabilities Act. And if you're not familiar with that, for anybody listening, it's it prohibits, prohibits the discrimination against people with disabilities in several areas, including employment, transportation, public accommodations, communications, and access to state and local government protections, programs, and services. And I think Lily and I's point is that Disability has such a negative connotation, and I think if it's going to be used as this umbrella term to incorporate everybody with any kind of different, able nature, I think it shouldn't have that connotation anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hear, like, just kids in the hallway saying, oh, you're disabled, or, like, I know that we've seen tweets and comments on social media of, like, having it almost as, like, just this negative, like, demeaning word. And I think that it's kind of time for that mindset to kind of start going towards more positive Yeah, I got with that. Um, interviewed the other day, and one of the questions that they asked me was, so what kind of problems do, like, limb different youth face? And what could you tell the public that you want everyone to know about those problems? And I said, honestly, the only problem that limb different youth face is other people labeling them and telling them what they can and cannot do. So if you're going to approach someone with the attitude that they can't do something, then they're more likely to feel that way. And so, and I think that's more handicapped than the condition itself. Because like we said, we can do literally anything that anybody with two hands can do. And yeah, I hate that. I hate the connotation of that word. Yeah, and I think it's crazy that, like, 
we with the same difference basically have had such a different experience with that. I know that like you've gotten more time on the ACT and like no one has even thought to ask me or like we haven't been able to ride roller coasters and stuff. And it's just crazy. Like even within the same difference, there's still such a wide range of like how people are treated depending on where they live and like what their community thinks. It's good that you brought up the roller coaster thing because I think a lot of people don't know about that. So it didn't start happening until I was like probably 14 years old. And I remember it so vividly. It was terrible. You know, I go to enter the line for a roller coaster and the guy working the line stops me and he's like oh you can't ride this roller coaster and of course me at the time I hadn't even really accepted myself yet so I was completely terrified and I just started bawling on the spot because I was with two of my best friends and they had never heard anyone talk to me like that before and it was a pretty terrible day so we ended up getting um, permission for me to ride the roller coaster once we talk to like the HR and the customer service and everything and free tickets to go there again. But what happens when I went there again? Uh, The exact same thing. I got called out and said that I couldn't ride. And that's not just, that hasn't just happened to us. I know at Nubability we've talked about it and that's happened to so many other people. It's like, excuse me, I didn't know I need two hands to sit in a chair that straps me in and ride a ride. It's, it's, yeah, and I, I understand, like, from an insurance perspective or whatever else, like, that's why they do it. But, I mean, you're not coming out of that roller coaster. You know, it, <laughs> it's crazy. Just a hand. Like, there's there's no way that we would be launched out of the seat for not having two hands. I mean, people don't hold on. People, you know, they have their hands up when they ride roller coasters. Right. And, you know, I had an opposite experience. So me and my mom, we went to Universal Studios and, you know, I was just chilling in line, getting ready to ride a Harry Potter roller coaster. And I was I was booling. I was having a great time. And this lady comes up to us and she sees my arm and she's like, oh, my God, we need to move you up. And so, like, I literally got a free skip the line pass and I like got to go right then on the ride because she was like, oh, my God, she has one arm. She can't wait for 20 more minutes. (laughs) So, I mean, that's an instance that impacted me, like, positively, but it's almost, like we were saying, kind of demeaning because it's, like, pity, and that's the one thing that I know both of us hate with all of our hearts, pity for yeah. our difference. I think and I think the roller coaster thing and all other comments that are negative is all ableism, and people don't know what ableism is. I mean, there's, discriminate, there's discriminative terms for all other groups of people like you know racism and sexism and everything like that but people don't recognize that ableism exists and a lot of a lot of people are ableist in truth and I I know that people don't mean to be because they're not aware that that's even a thing but it happens so often I always tell the story about one time I was walking to the bathroom in a restroom and as I approached the door a woman was walking out of the door a woman was walking out of the bathroom and she saw that I only had one arm and she freaked out and was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'll hold the door for you. And I, <laughs> I mean, 
okay, if I can't open the door, how am I going to go to the bathroom by myself? You know, it's just, I don't know, ridiculous, I think. Yeah. And I wrote down this tweet from Gregory Mansfield and his tweets. I don't know if they pop up on your timeline a lot, but they pop up on mine. Um, I know Angel likes a lot of their his tweets, but this one in particular I just saw the other day and it said, disabled is not negative, disabled is not insulting, disabled is not devaluing, and so on and so forth. And I think that's really true. And I think that that's my message with this whole podcast is that if you're going to label so many people as disabled and given the right tools, I mean, we are abled. I mean, and I think that that tool, a lot of the times, is just attitude towards us. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, as people with limb differences, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of a repeat, but given the right tools and, like, enough time. Like, I feel like so many people don't know that, like, we can do something. We just need a little more time. Like, tying shoes, putting hair up. Like, it's obviously not going to go right the first couple of times, but we just need that time and, like, ability to figure it out for ourselves. And I think that's where I get so frustrated. And I know it's all out of goodwill when people, like, say, oh, do you need help with your hair? Do you need help tying your shoes? Like, I mean, sometimes I do if I'm in a rush, which is kind of hard to ask for that sometimes because I'm just a little defensive in that standpoint of, like, yes, I can do it. It's just, like, sometimes it takes a little longer. totally. I also wanted to bring up um, a point. So I listened to this podcast a couple weeks ago about the little mind, and I think some people know what it is, but they're not sure, like, uh, that this is the term for it, but... So, thalidomide was a drug given out in, like, the late um, 50s to mothers who, well, expecting mothers who were experiencing morning sickness, and so the drug had unintended side effects of birth defects, and some of those were missing, like, body parts, so a lot of it was, like, missing an arm or missing a leg or missing an ear, things like that. and ended up a large population of babies after that drug had been distributed had those effects after, you know, birth. And so there was a really weird movement in, like, disability culture where those people who had those effects of the drug were very discouraged, I guess you would say, after you know, they grew up and were adults, they said, hey, this doesn't need to happen ever again. And so out of that came drugs like Accutane and stuff where you have to sign like a a piece of paper that says, like, I will not get pregnant while I'm on this drug because um, the effects of the drug could potentially hurt my baby. And I, I don't like this. I think that that's extremely devaluing because it's like, so then what are we? You know, if you're that scared that your baby is going to have one arm, then how how does that put us in the light at all? I don't know. Right. And I know there's more intense cases. Yeah. Like Accutane babies and thalidomide. Thalidomide. <laughs> <laughs> 
thalidomide, thalidomide um, cases. And um, so I know that that's probably a worry in parents' minds. But yeah, I do think that society has yeah. come a long way from that. I'm glad for um, that too. There's just more, yeah, there's just more places to go. Yeah. And so I, I think part of that thalidomide, the activism around that was kind of inspired also by social Darwinism. And I actually had a, a friend talk to me about this last night about um, they had learned in class the other day that um, long a long time ago, if, for example, you had bad eyesight or whatever, um, you know, you weren't like supposed to reproduce or whatever, just in case that your baby were to also get bad eyesight. And I don't know, it's kind of funny thinking about it now because we have glasses and things like that. But I mean, that was a real thing, like social Darwinism and survival of the fittest. And I don't know. I don't like it, man. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's weird to think like (laughs) I was talking to my history teacher last year and we were talking about World War II and the Holocaust. And I was like, so I have blonde hair and green eyes, but do you think I would still like because of my arm be like put into concentration camps or like put into testing and she's like oh for sure you would have been tested over and over and over on your arm to see how people could make babies that didn't have like or how people could make babies unlike you (laughs) so I think that's just crazy to think that um back in that age there was that mindset of like everyone has to be perfect but like with that what comes I mean if everyone's so perfect and the same it kind of negates the idea of like and diversity as a whole. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think that the more that people are different and the more struggles or differences that they go through, I think that kind of adds to like just the life experience overall because we're able to be diverse and we're able to be different. And, have and it's so lives. sad to think that so many people like us or unlike us went through that. You know, they had to experience that. So sad. I hate thinking about that. And so whenever I was planning this podcast, I tried to dig deeper in like the history of the perception of how some people perceive like physical differences. Um, And I came across this really cool article and it talked about um, two different sides of the same story or, you know, two faces of the same coin and some like ancient uh, civilizations thought that people with physical differences, like born with physical differences, were possessed by demons. But then there was also a a fair amount of societies who thought that they were a godly blessing and were, you know, like essentially like angelic. And I thought that that's kind of funny that there were two different perceptions. And obviously, I really like the godly one. I think that that's really cool. Yeah, and I know that, like, we still have a long way um, to go with the perception of disabled and differently abled people, but I just am so thankful to have been born in this era when people are so open to difference and open to diversity. So I think think that's pretty cool. People like us are really making a difference with, you know, telling our stance on, hey, don't think about disability this way anymore and don't think about limb differences this way anymore because. We really are just as capable as everyone else. And though we might, you know, put our hair up a little bit differently than you are, we still do it. And that's the important part. 
Yeah, and I think it's also super meaningful not only on people without differences, but I mean, when we went to Lucky Finn and when we went to SheLift and saw like little girls and little boys like us, it was so awesome to be able to like almost take them under our arms and be like, we went through this, but you don't have to and you don't have to think about yourself like this. Like I remember up until probably sixth or seventh grade, oh, I'd even say, gosh, like freshman year, I hid my arm in just about every single picture I take on social media and I would wear long sleeves every single day and like there were people like friends that I knew that didn't know about my arm and like for months and then like finally like they just see it on accident and I'd be so embarrassed and I think it's important for us to kind of use our experiences and what we went through to um, impact little girls like us that are going to be going through this. I know like boys has been a really scary thing for us and so I just think that it's we have so much power over how they can perceive themselves not only us but also them so I 100 percent. I can't even imagine if we would have had lucky Finn whenever we were super little like they are and I think that they're just going to be you know the next generation of just incredible people I cannot wait to see what all they do I came across a picture yesterday of you and me with two of the little girls a lucky fan. I don't know if you can picture that picture, but I think, yeah, I yep, I'm it was it. just so cute. We all had our little nubs out and they were just so happy and that kind of bliss. I mean, you can't paint a picture of that. It just, it's incredible. I love that feeling. Yeah. And like, not only our relationship with younger people, but also like them finding their own person with them. Like, similar to them like I remember when I first met you I was like holy cow this cannot be real like just someone to be able to kind of understand and have gone through some of the same like thought processes and problems it's just like totally awesome and life-changing honestly and it brought me yeah Willie and I still go through like different situations where we're like oh my goodness we do the same thing or you know we've thought about like these situations (laughs) the same and that's really cool and Lily, like, I wish you would have known me before I had met you. Like, I mean, that does that doesn't make any sense, and it's that's impossible. But I mean, I'm a completely <laughs> different person now that I've met you. You've literally impacted impacted my life so much I can't even explain it. And then in that interview the other day, that was one of the questions was who like inspires you most, and you know. And so I said, oh my my best friend Lily in Iowa, and. It's just, I think it's the confidence factor that's made, like, the biggest difference in my life. Whenever I met Lily, like, I didn't, I couldn't believe that I had the potential to be as confident as she is, as you are, you know? And I just think that that's so cool. And I'm so proud of you, and I'm so proud of us now. So it really makes a big difference in your life to have somebody who looks like you and, you know, has the same experiences as you. Yeah, it's totally life-changing, and I honestly don't know what yeah. I'd do without you, Ken. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're getting sappy on here. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> but, yeah, I think what um, organizations like Nubability and Lucky Finn and She Left are doing is truly incredible and awe-inspiring because what they're doing is they're taking people that have maybe felt isolated and totally left alone and different in their lives, and they're bringing them together, and that is truly some of the best work that you can do and it's bringing attention to people that don't have differences and it's really just bringing together a whole community of 
differently abled people and it's changing lives and inspiring people and I think it's yeah empowerment empowerment is awesome Mm -hmm. there's another point um I wanted to address and it's from a book called attitudes toward the handicapped a comparison between Europe and the United States by Leopold D. Littman and the book I haven't read it but I've read like a synopsis and it's really cool and it's not really geared towards like limb different people per se but more of you know people in wheelchairs and everything but there is a quote from it and I think that it really embodies what we're trying to say here it says the most consistent feature in the treatment of persons with disabilities in most societies is the fact that they are categorized as deviants rather than inmates by the society and I think that that's so true. I mean, once you let go of that, like, persona of being trapped in society, I think you can accomplish so much in just your own mindset change. Oh, definitely. And I think it kind of gives you kind of a step up because others see your difference and they see you as a person with just like different experiences that they've gone through and I think it gives us more opportunities um to spread our stories and make people yeah once the projected attitudes towards all kind of differences are changed I think the world will be a lot different and especially the world for limb different people will be so different and then it's crazy to think about I also threw this in here because we I'm in government right now and we went over the amendments yesterday, and I had to write down this um, this 25th Amendment, and I think it completely captures what we've been talking about today. So this is straight from my textbook. It says, establishes a process for the <laughs> vice president to take over the office of president if the president is disabled. And that's exactly the attitude that we are trying to overcome and tackle. I mean, haven't there been presidents in wheelchairs? Yeah, so this this amendment was put in place after JFK was assassinated. And so the Wikipedia definition is, in case of removal of the president from office or of his death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers and duties of said office, the same shall devolve on the vice president. And so that is a completely different definition and connotation than the word disabled. Disabled should not mean death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers and duties of said office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's, it comes back to the misuse and kind of confusion that there is with the word disabled. I think in society to now, when we think of the word disabled, we think of someone with a disability. And I think maybe what that amendment meant to say, but just didn't use the right terminology, was like the inability to do his job. And so I think that is where it is important for people to have the right connotations with that word. And I think. Has that amendment been, like, changed? Yeah, or is it no, it's still, still in there. In the Constitution. But I'm hoping, I haven't read the actual document yeah, of where that's... it is in the Constitution, so hopefully the Constitution doesn't say 
disabled as the umbrella term for death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers and duties of said office. Because that is awful. And that's that's the connotation yeah. that I wish that we could remove and I wish that we could change that in the world. Like, why do people see disabled as death for crying out loud? That's a pretty, that's a pretty harsh term. It is. It's, it just goes to show that there's so many uneducated or just so many people that haven't maybe even met a disabled person to know that, like, we are all people able to do jobs like being president or like, I don't know, I just think that we need a more level playing field. Completely, and as soon as I saw that or I read that, my stomach just dropped because I thought about all the kids, and I think this is just an Indiana textbook, so all the kids in Indiana who have read that and now that that, I mean, that just adds to the connotation we've been talking about and Wow, it just really makes me mad. So McGraw-Hill published this book, and McGraw-Hill, if you are listening to this podcast, please, please rethink this strategy, please, because <laughs> sure it's, so, it's so misleading, so misleading. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe I read that, and that was whenever we were making the outline for this podcast, so I was like, wow, this is literally perfect to include in here, because it just shows from the outside world how other people perceive it and I think that sucks and I agree like if you would have told me two years ago and of course people did like oh you're disabled I would have been so mad I would have went home and just cried my eyes out because the connotation is so much worse than it needs to be Mm -hmm. the last point that I have on here is, for lack of a better term, inspiration porn. So do you want to talk about your side of this? <laughs> Wait, what's inspiration porn? Okay, so we talked about this at She Lift a little bit, but it's when people basically with two hands see you living your life, just doing normal, oh, yeah, just doing normal everyday stuff, and they just get completely inspired by whatever you're doing so the example i always give is yeah. just whenever i'm tying my shoes literally something i do every single day someone never fails to say oh my god i can't believe you can tie your shoes i'm so inspired right and like i'll just post like an instagram picture and they'll say lily you are so inspiring like and i i think they mean the best and they mean to give us a compliment and like show that like we are a cool person yeah. to them. I just think that it's a tricky process to kind of navigate because we're out here doing normal things that like we don't see as like special that we can do. And like, yes, I was excited when I first tied my shoes and yes, I was excited when I first put my hair up or went kayaking or I don't know, just did things that would be hard for a one handed person. It's just the mundane things that like are normal to us that people think are inspiring it's just a little bit like I'm just living my life like I I think it's great that you're inspired by this and think it's super cool I just think that I don't know it's it's hard to kind of navigate yeah I have two sides of me so I think the more dominant side is like I think everybody 
would like to say that they're inspiring to someone else. And I think that that's a cool thing to say is like, oh yeah, like she is super inspiring. And I think that, you know, like Oprah would be so honored to have people say like she has inspired them to do something. And so I think from that approach, it's cool to be inspiring, but then another part of me thinks, oh wow, ableism is so prevalent because like you said, just posting a picture of yourself with your arm showing is, I don't know, is a weird example of people thinking, wow, I can't believe that you guys are able to do this. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> I can stand and pose for a picture with one arm. How inspiring. Yeah. Like, and I know the conversation of um, just doing activities that like we're good at like you're good at soccer and I'm good at show choir and all this stuff and I think people kind of almost like categorize us as like ungodly because we're doing this with one hand but like what if we want to be a good soccer player just because we're a good soccer player like leading scorer Kenzie Paul and it's not anything due to your arm it's due to all the work you put into soccer and I think having a difference it kind of negates that like the work that we put into it sometimes they're like look at Carson Pickett like she plays professional soccer and I just want people to view her as a good soccer player that has one hand not a one-handed soccer player you know what I'm saying talk about that like how do you want to be known do you want to be known as the girl with one arm or the awesome soccer player that kind of thing Right. And like, we don't want to negate the fact that we do have one hand so we can be the girl that does show choir with one hand or the girl that uh, runs cross country with one hand, not the one handed person. Yeah, there's definitely a fine balance in there that you kind of have to find. And yeah, I think you're totally right. You don't want to negate the fact that we do have one hand, but you know, there is other parts to us and we want other people to appreciate those parts too. Right, for sure. Yeah, do you have anything else to add for the episode? You know, I just want to thank you for having me on this. Aww. Um, I know it's it's hard for us because we live, what, like eight hours away. Tragically, so. yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine what power duo we would be if we went to the same high Absolutely school. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> I think everybody knows you now at my high school because I talk about you so often. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, I, I'll be looking on Instagram and, like, 50 people from my school follow you. And it's like, wow, like, it's crazy what one, like, friendship can do to so many different people. Like, my friend Katie was just talking to me last night. She's like, I miss Kenzie so much. And it's just, like, incredible what a difference we've made just from social media, like we met on social media and here we are. We're going to be each other's maid of yeah, honor. Thank God for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Twitter, you a real one. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Hopefully this episode really gives other people who, who are not absolutely um, consumed in this whole world, gives them an extra perspective on all of this information. I don't know. There's so much to cover and we could talk about it for hours, but there's so much in here and I think the one takeaway is that don't sell people short for you know how they look or what you think might be their absolute capability because I promise you they're so much more capable than what so many people give limb different people credit for 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to know that, like, you as a person are more than your disability. You are more than the wheelchair you sit in or more than the hand that you don't have. You are a person with thoughts and morals and beliefs, and people should see you as more than that. Thank you for listening. If you liked what was said today, please share Bionic Chronicles with your friends. You can follow Bionic Chronicles on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bionic Chronicles Podcast. Three, two, one. Nubs out. <laughs> Should we just keep that? Yeah, that's good.